0: that's it for today everyone thanks for joining Welcome us to if you like the, the podcast, podcast please, please leave us a review and also reach out to us with any questions until next
1: time
0: got him dropped him nice shot buddy we're excited to bring you our stories and hunting tips to elevate your outdoor adventures and experiences,
1: we aim to uncover the real, raw strategies of do-it-yourself hunting that will bring your dreams to life and generate success. To follow along with our yearly hunts, subscribe to Stuck in the Rut on YouTube. Hey
0: everyone, welcome back to the Stuck in the Rut podcast. This week we have the Wolfman himself, Kyler Knelson, on. And we have a couple guys from Elite Hunt Club, and we have kind of all worked together to come up with a raffle package to go and hunt for two guys going to Alberta to hunt with Kyler himself. Killed eighty-two wolves last season. Just an incredible wolf guy, all around great human. Hope you like the podcast, and thanks for listening.
2: That wolf, that wolf story, will leave for another, a different day. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll tell that story another day. But Kyler, I think he definitely. Um. Kyler's the one that should start this and just kind of give us some insight and then Trev and I can add to the flavor of uh, having hunted with him a couple of times.
0: Yeah, he's kind of famous.
1: Um, welcome to the podcast, guys. We're really excited to be talking about wolves today. We had kind of a crazy whirlwind of a winter, wolf-wise on our end, and then we brought the wolf master, Kyler Knelson, right? Is that how I say your name?
3: Kyler Knelson.
1: Okay. Thank, I, thankful
3: and, to be here. Thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you back. I never know if that K is silent or if I, <laughs> if no, I say it's, it. No, It's pronounced. I'm it's, glad it's, I got not it. Like right. the K
3: in, it's not like the K in Knife. It's yeah. Knelson. It's pronounced.
1: Okay. Yep. Good. Glad I wasn't going crazy there. We're excited to have you back, man. How was your uh, season this year, this winter?
3: You know, this wolf season was actually pretty epic. It was, it was uh, my best winter ever as far as wolf numbers go. Um. After last this you know, winter, previous to last, I thought, well, it's going to be a t- pretty tough one to try and beat that one. But we ended the season with 82 dead wolves, so that's, that's my uh, my personal best. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's between uh, the Alberta hunts. That's I snared a couple. Maybe I don't know. I snared maybe a dozen of them. No, not even a dozen. <laughs> Just and then we ended up killing 44 Arctic wolves in the Northwest Territories.
0: So wow. that, was, that was good. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Just following you on Instagram or chatting and stuff. Not much because I don't want to bug you. I know you're super busy and I know what it takes to put wolves up. But just when everyone kind of thought you were done, you're like, oh, I'll just go get 44 more up in the Arctic. <laughs> no big deal.
3: Yeah, I had, I had my best year here in Alberta. Um, not not the most hunters I've ever taken in a, in a winter, but pretty close. And, um, in previous years, a lot of hunters have just missed wolves or wounded wolves. And, and pretty fortunately this year, everybody was, was hitting what they were shooting at for the most part. So I only had like a half a dozen wounded wolves and missed wolves. So that was, uh, that was real good. And so we, we 38 of them down here. Um, and then in March we moved up to the Northwest territories for that, that Arctic wolf hunt, which is a completely different hunt than this baited wolf hunt here in Alberta um but, yeah uh, yeah lots of caribou everywhere so if there's caribou around the wolves are going to be around and we just we just hit it lucky and, and killed 44 of them in just over a month
0: yeah that's crazy i want to get more into the arctic stuff but for people who don't know who you are can you give everyone kind of an intro about your business um kind of like a bird's eye view of everything you do and then um why you're considered the wolf man <laughs>
3: Yeah, I suppose I the the wolfman part I kind of fell into by accident, kind of because I guess I enjoyed it, um, but I mean, started started in 2008 uh, here in Alberta, uh, built up a little company called Wingmaster Outfitting with black bears and, and waterfowl is where I started, <laughs> kind of built up from there, went to moose hunting, uh, got approached by um, another outfitter those territories, Boyd Warner. And he asked if I wanted to buy into Adventure Northwest, and so I did that in uh, 2011, I believe. That was, and then uh, so that was caribou, muskox, grizzly bear, um, and then he introduced me into, into Arctic wolf hunting, and uh, and that was a big life change <laughs> yep. event for me. And then, uh, yeah, it's just kind of morphed in from there into a bunch of different camps and different areas, kind of all across the. The Canadian Arctic, but um, I live here in northern Alberta, in a little town called Lacrette. Been here my whole life, and uh, I I live in the heart of really good wolf country. And so, I growing up, uh, we'd see wolves while we're deer hunting or moose hunting and stuff, and we'd shoot them when we had opportunity. But we really didn't know, or I didn't know, how many wolves there were in this area compared to other areas and uh and then i i got my trapping license i think when i was 13 i went in challenged the exam got the got my hunting life or trapping license and a few years later i snared my very first wolf and and that uh when i snared that wolf it just kind of lit the fire and uh i've been snaring wolves ever since And then in 2009, no, I might've been 2008. Um, I thought, you know what? I can hunt these things. And I bet you I can sell hunts for these things. And being a, whatever I was, 19 year old kid at that time, I, uh, I set out a few baits and sure enough, a few days later, I had wolves on a couple of them and we didn't have any trail cameras at that time or nothing. So I, I, uh, I had a couple guys from Colorado that said, "Yeah, they come on a wolf hunt with me," and I said, "Yeah, I'll guarantee you a wolf." <laughs> Not knowing any better, and I went and sat in one of the wolf blinds. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, a wolf walks by, and I'm thinking, shoot, this is easy." <laughs>
0: Should have been doing and this forever.
3: I, yeah, I can do this forever. Yeah. And took a picture of it. Walked back home, called the guys, said, "Yep, get up here. Lots of wolves. We'll we'll have a couple dead here." in a couple of days when you get here. And, uh, those guys went home without a wolf. And I thought, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, yep. But they came back. We, uh, I put some more effort in and kind of figured them out a little bit more. They killed five wolves between the two of them. The next time they showed up and, uh, yeah, just kind of been
0: tweaking things and hunting ever since. What makes it so good? Like, why is there so many wolves? It's just really thick brush. Um, Obviously, there's got to be a lot of food to sustain that many. But what makes it so good compared to other areas? The little town of La Crete is, is the northernmost farming community
3: in North America. So there's no farmland north of us at all anywhere. and Completely surrounded by bush. And we're right at the northern edge of the white-tailed deer's range as well. So we get, we get pretty big white-tailed bucks crews through this country. Our, our densities aren't real good because of our wolves. Um, so this, the, there's a lot of game right on that fringe of that farmland. And because of that, the wolves keep coming into that fringe country between the farmland and the, and the big bush. And there's hundreds of miles of bush in every single direction from this farmland so the wolves never ever stop and uh, i mean i've been killing 30 to 40 wolves every single year for a lot of years in a pretty small area and every year those wolves get repopulated and they're back yep and which is pretty cool i mean you kill that many wolves in a different area uh there ain't nothing left for the following year
0: yeah eventually so. there'll be packs that move in there but yeah for you to have that constant pressure from the wolves is pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I didn't really start like really snaring them real hard, uh, until they killed my dog. Um, uh, and I got pretty upset at that. And, uh, so then I really started snaring them hard around my yard and, um, and in, in the next, in the whatever, kind of 15 miles on either side of my yard, and really thinned them out and then i saw what a difference it made on the deer and moose populations I thought, boy this is pretty good mm-hmm. yeah at least it and then it we started wolf hunting and started making some money off the wolf hunts and it just kind of morphed into a full-time gig and people started liking it and
0: here i am the wolf guy now yeah you have quite the reputation man um tell me a little bit about the baits what goes into it how much how many baits I mean how involved are you and your team and what's like a normal day look like in January February for you guys? Yeah I start uh, I start baiting in
3: but mid-october uh, we start wolf hunting in early November. Um, in an average year or season uh, season being November December January, February well really only half of February. Um, so three and a half months, I'll put out about a hundred thousand pounds of bait. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's a bunch of bait. So there's uh, a bunch of butcher shops in the area. I pick up every single piece of scrap from every one of them, as well as from every farmer that's doing any butchering on their own. Um, any dead cattle, horses, whatever I can get my hands on, I'll use for bait.
0: You're the and, guy that uh, people call when they see roadkill, or hey, I got a dead cow. I'm the guy. Yep. Cool. That's I great. Get a- yeah, and for and for roadkills, I have to find
3: like pick a, get a permit from the Fish and Wildlife so I can use um, the the, the road kill, But that's a pretty simple process already. I can just text them a picture and say, "Hey, this is where it is." And then the next time I'm in the Wildlife Office, they give me a stack of found dead wildlife uh, permits. Cool. Um, so that works out, and I'll I'll put out uh, depending on how many hunters I have for the year. I'll out between fifteen and twenty-five bait sites. And I won't have I won't have blinds on every single one of them all the time. And some kind of moving blinds around as needed. Um and so I'm I'm constantly moving baits and moving areas and looking for new areas. And so I'll have I'll have different baits every single year. I mean I have my core group of baits that I really like yep. that I've been baiting for a long time. And surprisingly enough those baits that I've had the longest, I've almost got my best success rate on those baits. And the wolves have kind of grown up uh, on these bait sites for for so many years. And they're not, I mean, a wolf will never get used to human scent at all. And you guys know that very well. Yep. Um, but they do kind of get used to human traffic. And um, in these areas where I'm, a lot of my baits are on private land. Which are like fairly close to a farmyard, might only be a mile away from somebody's from somebody's yard. So those wolves are kind of used to hearing a truck door slam, or the sight of a barbed wire fence, or, or some human sound. So when when a guy's sitting in the blind and a and a snowmobile drives by half a mile away, uh, the wolves are are somewhat used to that, so they're a little bit easier to kill
0: right around the farmland than they are deep back in the bush. Okay. That makes sense. I That's mean, yeah. So on the cattle scraps, I'm just trying to visualize in my head, are you putting those on a flatbed, haul them in with a snow machine, or how do you transfer 100,000 pounds of bait from a butcher shop <laughs> to the bait site? That's just a lot of manual labor. That's all that is. That's <laughs> why you hire guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Storm and Norman.
3: <laughs> yeah. Storm and Norman and Darcy. I've got a couple of great guys that work with me all the time, and I'd be... uh
0: lost without them. But
3: I built, uh, I had a custom trailer built, a bait trailer, and uh, it's got six sleds, like plastic, I don't know, boggins that you pull behind a snowmobile. Yep. Built onto it. And uh, I pulled that whole trailer into one of the butcher shops where it's heated. So it's real nice. That butcher fills all those sleds and he calls me when it's full. And there's probably like, eight, six, nine 12, 15, probably about 2,500 pounds of bait on that trailer when it's it's full. And I'll pull it out, and I'll have a snowmobile in the truck box, pull up to a bait site, drop the snowmobile, hook up to one of the sleds, pull it off the trailer, drive it out to a bait, dump the sled, come back off to the next bait site. So that's really uh, made things a lot quicker for me with that uh, that new trailer. But a lot of these bait sites, it's put on a flatbed uh, trailer. We haul it out. We manually, by hand, throw it onto the sled, pull it out to a bait with a snowmobile, dump it, and off to the next one. So it's a kind of a messy job, stinky job, but I don't know, in a weird way, I enjoy it.
1: That's a lot of work. And do you get repeat clients that come up there?
3: A lot, actually, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, there's a lot of guys that uh, just like to come up and, I don't know. Spend a week doing absolutely nothing. I mean, it's a it's a it's a mental grind to sit in a blind all day, watching a hundred ravens peck away at a bunch of bait and not see anything, and uh, just waiting for that opportunity. But most of my blinds now have uh, have cell service, so that really helps. So there's a lot of guys that come back year after year, and they don't even tell the office that they're gone. They just <laughs> show up, go jump in a blind with their laptop, and they keep working. And, uh, don't skip a day of work. So that works out pretty good. Yeah.
1: Oh wait, there's a wolf. Hurry. The <laughs> That's <gun>. awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. We have a couple past hunters that we were, we wanted your intro and stuff, but we have a couple guys from elite hunt club. It's kind of a new company. They got stuff started and I want to introduce Trevor and Jim from elite hunt club. They've actually hunted with you. And uh, we want you guys to maybe tell a little bit about your experience and what we're working on with Kyler. Yeah, uh,
2: this, ahead, uh, this is Jim. I uh, I didn't know there was cell service up there, Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it was, uh, I, I've been up a couple of times, two different times. Uh, and it was, it's actually the first hunt that I've gone to that you know you know catered dinners living in a lodge it was this i'm used to you know sleeping under the stars trekking around with my bow uh in in the mountains for days eating uh mountain house dried food and i went up there and i felt like i was a king man they have a a lodge that was as nice as could be and and the food was amazing and uh and then you're sitting in this heated lodge or heated uh, these heated blinds and and i was loving i mean i saw several links that came in to the baits i mean there's always something seems like going on so it was uh it was probably one of the funner more enjoyable hunts that i've ever been on and um anyway so and i trevor can tell is my first my uh first time up there i saw several wolves never really was able to get a shot at one but it was such a an addiction i had to go back and uh and i went back and got a great big gray uh colored wolf but it was just big and beautiful and an amazing experience and And so, yeah, I I definitely, and I've got a deposit with him to make it back up there on one of his other, I'm hoping to make it up there on one of those Arctic, uh, those Arctic wolf hunts now, but uh, it was a, it was a very pleasurable experience for me anyway.
0: Yeah, it sounds fancy.
4: And this is Trevor. um, Jim definitely got the better end of the stick on that one because I had been trying to hunt a wolf and kill a wolf for probably eight years previous to us going with Kyler. Um, Years (laughs) ago, I spent two years on a religious sabbatical in Alaska. And my goal was I'm going to get back to Alaska and I'm going to hunt and kill a wolf. So back in 2009 or so, I met with I met Coke Wallace. I went with him on a wolf hunt. And as anyone who's spent a fall or winter in Alaska, you know, the weather rules everything. Yep. And the seven days we were there, there was not one good day of hunting weather. I mean, it was blizzard blowing sideways. And to keep a long story short is I went back there probably, I don't even know, six or eight times trying to kill a wolf and most of the time the weather gods were against me. So I never had any success there. Um, I got a, a handful of lynx cats in Alaska and then, um, Jim and I found Kyler and I said, Hey, this is where I need to go. Cause I'm going to get a wolf. And just like Jim said, it was a cush hunt compared to what I had been doing with Coke in Alaska. Um, on snow machines. Um, so yeah, that first year Jim and I went up there and I was lucky enough to come home with a beautiful white wool. Oh man. Oh
1: really?
4: I love the white ones. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I was on cloud nine and, um, my wife I think was happier because (laughs) of all the time and money I'd spent in Alaska and, uh, (laughs) doing the thing there. So it was, definitely a good time up there i so. remember what
2: you
3: said to me there trevor we got that white wolf and you he held it up for the picture he says oh my wife's gonna be so happy <laughs> <laughs> i'm not She's gonna think i'm not going wolf but never again this is awesome
0: yeah that's the problem then you get it you get addicted and it's like okay i gotta go again keep going you know there's something yeah, about like about you've
4: there. already got one why are you going again so we know that story though
0: yeah <laughs> so um You guys have both gotten a wolf with Kyler. Can you talk a little bit, either one of you guys about elite hunt club, kind of how the, how that got started. And then the raffle we're doing with Kyler.
4: Yeah, I'll take a minute on that as well. Um, So yeah, we're, we're part of elite hunt club. Like you said, it is new. We are new to this, this area of raffling off various hunts. So, a few months ago, we did one with who I was talking about, Coke Walls. Some of you probably listened to that episode. If not, jump back on on this podcast and listen to that one. It's it's definitely entertaining and a good listen. Very
0: but, entertaining.
4: Yeah. So we raffled off a sheep hunt, um, but it kind of started with the fact of we're, I see so many of these raffles, whether it's at a banquet, online, in the mail, you buy this, you get a knife, you get something I wouldn't often don't use but you never know your odds you never know how many people are putting in you don't know if you're 25 of your 100 bucks what it's going to do for you so we decided hey let's be transparent let's start a club it's not for everybody we're just looking for those elite hunters that want to know what their odds are get a quality hunt that we're confident in that maybe I mean, obviously we've been on this hunt, but we want people to have a chance to know if they spend a hundred bucks, what are their odds of winning? And so that's what we've done is we put elite hunt club together. Like I said, we did the sheep hunt, raffled that off. It was awesome. It's coming up this fall. So we'll have some feedback on that. But right now we've got a two person wolf hunt with Kyler happening this winter. So uh, sometime in January for two people is what we've got going. And that's scheduled to uh, end at the end of this month to draw that. So that's what we've kind of got going right now with that.
0: Yeah, and we'll get this posted. It's the 9th of June right now, but we're going to run it through June 30th. And it's 100 bucks a ticket. And then is it, what's the other option if you want to buy more?
4: Yeah, so we kinda got three tiers on the website. So at elitehuntclub.com we've got one ticket's a hundred bucks. Or you can buy three tickets for two hundred and fifty bucks, or six tickets for five hundred bucks. Um and like you said, it is June 9th right now. And we've been, for those who are familiar with us who have seen this going on, We've been saying, hey, we've got one and 500 if you buy one ticket. So we've got 500 entries going on, but we're just changing that now. Um, we want to, for people to understand how much we want them to have a quality experience and have the best odds. So we're actually changing our limit to 300. So now we're only raffling off, excuse me, 300 tickets. So you buy one, you've got a one in 300. And for those of you who've already bought entries, your odds just nearly doubled. So mm-hmm. um, get a buddy, spend 250 bucks, and you've got a one in 100 chance of winning this hunt. And basically, you just need to get to Alberta, and then everything else is taken care of. Food, lodging, and an amazing time. And your odds of getting a wolf there are even better... The odds of winning this hunt so that's what we've kind of got going right now for this what was it this winter winter of uh 24 so january of 2024 is what we've got going right now on elite hunt club
0: awesome and as i understand you need to not even ask your boss for time off. That was Kyler's words, not mine. And <laughs> I think it helps, Kyler. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it helps if you can actually shoot 150 or 200 yards and hit the target. Does that help you be successful? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you you got to be able to shoot somewhat accurately at like 200 yards would be nice. And that's is that a usual distance for the blind uh, to be offset from the bait?
3: Yeah. Yeah most of, I mean I've got some baits that are in like pretty tight areas so that are like 100 and 110 yards I think is my closest one but the average is probably 175 to 220ish uh do do practice a lot at, at 200 yards and sh- and shoot I mean practice shooting sitting down like over a windowsill or something like that um that that's going to help you a lot yeah I mean, I mean there's no way you can replicate the adrenaline that's going to be going through you when when a wolf does show up, but uh, <laughs> but
2: practice definitely does help. Yeah, it's like that. It's like Robin Hood, that movie Robin Hood, when it, the princess blows in his ear and he miss, misses completely. Yeah, have somebody blow in your ear while you're shooting. Maybe that'll help. But <laughs> you definitely you definitely get an adrenaline rush when the wolves walk in. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it's similar to like
0: flying around in a super cub listen to a podcast like I was this winter, and then all of a sudden you hear something, you look at one of your gauges, and your oil temp's just skyrocketing. You're like complete, calm, cool, collected. I've been on 100 hours with this airplane. I know it so well, and all of a sudden, like, we have some serious issues. So complete boredom to, like, <laughs> adrenaline dump and rage and fear, and everything's going off in your body. That is that how it is, Jim? Yeah,
2: that's, that's just... That's even a little bit, maybe not quite as equal to the princess blowing in your ear, but it's close. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> what uh, What do they usually come in like, Kyler? Are they pretty sneaky because it's daytime and they know there's human presence, or will they just walk right in? Which wolf usually comes in first, or does it just depend? You know, it it just depends. I mean, they're they're
3: all different, and they're they're like a human, really. Where they're just all so different, and uh, I mean, you'll have one wolf that'll just pop out of the trees and he'll just waltz right over like he owns the place and doesn't even, doesn't even look around. It doesn't even looks like he doesn't care. Um, then the next wolf, he'll stand at the edge of the tree line for a half hour, just looking literally a half hour without moving and just stand there. at Whatever. Some of the baits you can see five, 600 yards and you can't shoot. Well, some people can shoot that far, but most people can't. And, uh, and that wolf will just stand there and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then he'll, he'll move 20 yards and he'll just stand there for another half hour and then he'll come in. So it, it just really depends on the wolf. And, and majority of the time you're going to see like a single wolf come in first. And I don't know how many times like a second wolf or a third wolf would show up if we would give them the opportunity. But I, I tell people, I mean, if you have a shot opportunity at a wolf, take it. I mean, don't, don't rush your shot, but if you have a shot opportunity, just take it because they don't always stick around for for too long, right? Like they'll come in, grab a chunk of meat and and take off and you won't see them again for the rest of the day. So don't, uh, don't get greedy waiting for that second and third wolf that you're probably going to miss anyway. Yeah. Just, uh, just put one on the ground.
0: Gotcha.
2: Um. Yeah, the, the other, uh, the other adrenaline was that I, you know, that from this, I never got bored in those blinds ever, but I mean, you're hearing wolves howl and there's nothing like, you know, s- s- makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck when you hear a group of wolves howling out in the trees. So it's, it gets pretty exciting. Yeah.
0: That's, <laughs> that's awesome. People haven't heard it. Um, yeah. So like Trevor said, you and your buddy buy the ticket win the hunt, all you have to do is get to northern Alberta, basically have cell phone service, and this nice heated box blind. Sounds like Vanessa makes great food, so you're going to gain weight on the hunt. And if you can shoot 200 yards, like, you have a pretty good reputation, Kyler, of being the guy to get wolves. How you, how'd you build that reputation to what it is now?
3: You know, I don't know.
0: I think probably I was in the game before –
3: very many other people were in the game and I I was shooting wolves before it was cool and, yeah uh, and now i don't know I just uh like I love it and every year I kill a bunch of them and uh I don't know word just kind of spread that I was killing them and I just kept killing them and for for whatever reason people liked that and, and people kept coming so we'll keep her going
0: yeah do you guys Ever have people shoot more than one? I mean, well, that's probably rare. Oh yeah, but they have the opportunity. No, oh,
3: no, no, for sure, for sure. There's guys that shoot more than one. Like uh, this, uh, this past year, I had like two, maybe three hunters that that showed up that killed three wolves apiece. Wow. Um, yeah, I had a guy from Norway this year. Um, he's actually on on YouTube, Christopher Clausen. Uh, it's like Clausen TV, and I think I'll see if I can find that, uh, that episode and I'll put it up. Um, but he, he killed three wolves, uh, and I think seven coyotes and missed another two wolves. No one wounded one more wounded a fourth wolf, um, in six days of hunting. So, um, it just, it just depends. Like you can, you can, you can see a bunch of them or it can be pretty slim pickings. I mean, anybody who's wolf hunted enough knows that, it, uh, it can be feast or famine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been, I've, I've had guys sit at a bait site, and, and I'll have uh, a dozen wolves come in at one time, and it's eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So. Yeah.
1: I wish but, I would have just uh, done this years ago, because I, I started out wolf hunting in 2010 when they first opened it in Idaho, that it was legal to hunt them. And so my brother and I went out, and my brother got one, but I mean, every winter i would go out and just kill myself in the woods looking for wolves and i would see them and they would just be like a flash in the wind and you don't even have a second to even pull your gun up sometimes and i just can't even imagine how awesome it is to be sitting in a blind and have a wolf come in and they don't know you're there (laughs) it just sounds so awesome
3: it is cool and i and i had the opportunity uh a while back just to to sit in a blind and and watch one for a while and it it's pretty cool to watch a wolf in this natural environment when he doesn't know he's being watched, and just to see what they do, and just to—I don't know—just they're such a neat critter.
0: Hmm.
3: And uh, yeah, they're when, you, when you're when you're in the blind, generally you'll have a pretty decent shot opportunity. You're going to have some time. Um, I mean, they don't stand still very long, but it's uh, it's pretty cool just to be able to watch them like that.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, so you're dropping guys off um, like a half hour before it gets light, and they're sitting all day by themselves. Is that right? Yes. Sit all day. Absolutely sit all day. I used to,
3: to uh, drop people off in the morning. We'd hunt the morning. I'd pick them up. We'd go have lunch, and then hit, uh, just hunt the afternoon. Um, but that was a lot of traveling around and a lot of activity going in and out of the baits. And finally, I said, you know what, guys? You just got to sit all day. Yeah. And we started killing a bunch more wolves because, and we'd kill wolves like 10 a.m., 2 p.m., midday. Yep. Um, it's, it seemed like the wolf didn't really have a, a rhyme or reason or a schedule of when he was coming to the bait site. So we, we, we kill probably almost as many wolves during the middle of the day as we do first light and last light. Wow. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So Vanessa will pack you like whatever. You pack a big lunch and, uh, and just go sit in the blind all
2: day. Yeah. Awesome. Hey tyler how how many people have you had spend a night in the blind? You know, not very many, but there's some
3: guys that'll that'll go go <laughs> there's to a blind here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. But uh there's been a few guys that'll just go sit there, take a sleeping bag and uh when it gets dark they'll put the gun in the corner, kick back and sleep and just so there's no noise going out of the blind and no noise coming in the morning, and and we have killed some wolves right at first light. So it has worked from time to time.
2: Wow! Yeah, cool. I did that. I did that when I was up there, and there is a thrill like you can't believe when you're out in the middle of the night out there and hearing wolves howling out in the distance of a hundred, two hundred yards out there in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: right. Weren't you on that? uh Oh, wasn't that bait we called the church bait? Yeah, that year. Yeah. I ended up snaring a whole pile of wolves back in there.
0: What are the what are the blinds like, Carla? Are they box blinds built uh, like homemade on stilts, or yeah. how are you guys doing it?
3: Yeah, um, pretty much all of them are uh, uh, elevated and they're all insulated. They're home built blinds. They're uh, some are four by eight, some are six by six. My some of my new ones are like a like a spray foam insulated Paj Mahal type blind. Wow. I mean, you can, you can, it can be negative 40 degrees outside. You can sit in there in your t shirt and, uh, and have your boots off because you're hot and, uh, slide the window open and shoot a wolf as you're taking a bite of your sandwich. So, uh, you can be, you can be comfortable while you're, while you're hunting.
0: Yeah. You got to be to be all day. What are you telling guys to bring for a weapon? Uh, really anything
3: from a 243 and up is kind of, kind of nice. I mean, um, the 6.5 PRCs or the 6.5s are all, they've had really good results on Wolves. So I know a lot of guys will give me some hate for, for the 6.5 Creedmoor and stuff like that, but it, it's worked awesome on Wolves, uh, 270s. Uh, if, if guys do bring like a 300 wind mags or some, some big caliber to tell them don't, don't bring like a I don't know. I don't know, what are these burger don't shoot a burger bullet or you're gonna blow up creep a great big huge hole in the back side of that wolf yeah um you'd use like a, a nosler or acubon or something you'll you'll punch a two-inch hole at the backside and,
0: and put it down pretty quick so that seems to work pretty good
1: who's awesome. doing all this skinning
0: me <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you down to now for skinning a wolf
3: oh if, I, if i'm in a hurry and i'm and if I'm skinning all the paws out and turning the lips and everything and salting it down, uh, I can get it done in about an hour and 20 minutes. Wow.
0: wow. I thought I thought <laughs> yeah. I was getting a lot of practice in this year. And it's just like you send one of your videos and I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever use my fish hook idea with the foot or did you keep doing it on the carcass? We I about did that? a couple times actually. But you know what? I mean, I've skinned so many wolves my
3: way. Yep. It's and
1: uh, <laughs> it's and so way. It's,
3: I'm used to that, right? But it, uh, your your way actually works pretty good. It works better tonight better.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I got that idea from my buddy Tyler Freel up here. He's he's put up a lot of fur and used to skin and put wolves up for multiple taxidermist up in Fairbanks and stuff. And he turned me onto that, which is pretty nice. But yeah, everyone's got a little yeah, it, different way, but yeah. it worked good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so guys yeah. aren't skinning their own wolves. They're coming back to the shop, and then you and all the guides are having a skinning party every night.
3: No, yeah, we, me and the guys, me and Darcy and Norman, yeah, we're, we're skinning wolves all the time. So yeah, it it don't, it don't take long. So, and I mean, sometimes just the, just the ride back to the camp might, might only be half hour and, and they'll be froze. So we got to leave them till the morning to just let them thaw a little bit and skin them in the morning. Yeah.
1: What's your average, um, size of a wolf there?
3: They're bigger than the Arctic wolves are for sure, but it'll surprise a lot of people. I mean, it's just like, just like cougars. And I mean, you guys know, you guys trap and shoot them all the time. But, 200 pounds. Uh, yeah. 200 pounds. 250 if we get a good one. <laughs> no. Uh, anything over like 105 pounds is like a really good wolf. And uh, yep. if we kill a, a wolf that cracks 120, he's a giant and you'll never... You'll never kill a female wolf. I, I shouldn't say never. There, there might be a female wolf that weighs over 110 pounds, but it's pretty rare. That'd be um, huge. Didn't we Yeah. It was over
1: 100, no, like we 45? got a bitch
0: that was like 90, 95 or something, I think. No, I
1: thought the, Which, the alpha male was like 90 and she was over
0: 100. Maybe, but it was like it. to break 100 with a female. It's like, that's a big female.
3: Yeah, I've got a couple females like 105, 107 I think 109 was my biggest female. I know Byron Wolf, uh, Wolf Adventures, another good
0: wolf wolf outfitter down here. Um, He killed a 110-pound female. How much much meat will they eat? I've always wondered that, too. You kill a wolf. Did it just, I mean, because a single wolf will kill a caribou and just sit there and eat it and eat it and (laughs) eat it. I mean, can they put down 20, 25 pounds, and that obviously alters your weight of the wolf? It does. I'll bet you it. I'll bet you they could put down 20
3: pounds because, uh, we, <laughs> we killed a wolf, uh, probably three years ago and it was, I mean, it was a big wolf to begin with, but it weighed a hundred and, oh, I want to say it was 133 oh or 133. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh. Just looks like an egg just bloated full of oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he was a giant
3: wolf to begin with, but his belly was just fat full of meat and he'd, uh, and he, he must ate all day. Um. And uh yeah, I'll bet you he had twenty pounds in his stomach.
2: Wow. I don't I don't know what mine weighed. I never weighed it, but uh I've got mine hanging here on the wall and it's from the nose to the tip of the tail is eighty two inches. <laughs> and that's that's oh, 10. That That's one. big, yeah. That's
3: big. That's big. I remember skinning that wolf and uh and that was a that was a giant wolf. He was a whopper. I still
1: want a white one. Trevor, I
0: don't
4: like you now that you have a white wolf. I don't. Beautiful. it's
0: awesome. Yeah. And so not to confuse people, Lead Hunt Club's doing the raffle for the baited hunt January 2024. But I do, I've always been interested in, and we've kind of tossed the idea around about maybe doing an Arctic hunt. And like, that's one I would definitely be buying tickets for because I might push Tana to the side to go myself just because that looks. No, No. No. (laughs) It looks like such a cool time. Just the adventure and, uh, can you just talk about that? I mean, you are literally, you are so remote and logistics and the fuel and the yeah. tools you got to bring. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, I can see why Jim's wanting to go. And that's the same reason yeah. I want to go just because it looks so amazing.
3: Yeah. It's a completely different hunt than this baited hunt down here. Um, I mean that, that Arctic wolf hunt, um, I don't know, you, you can, you can run a wolf down with a snowmobile up there, and it i mean, the the Wildlife Act of there's states you can only chase a wolf with a snow machine if you intend to kill it. Well, we uh, absolutely <laughs> intend to kill every wolf that we chase. Well, that really so doesn't limit you guys, does it? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't limit us. So um, up there, I I pull a um, a big trailer that I or a couple of trailers that I custom built. And I, I insulated them all. I've got living quarters built in the front half of them and the snowmobiles go in the back. And there's a series of ice roads that's like, I don't know, probably 350 miles long, a bunch of ice roads that goes up north of Yellowknife, Northwest Territories. If you're, if you're familiar with the Northwest Territories at all,
0: can you tell uh, us what an ice road is? I mean, I know, but for
3: people listening. So they build this road. To service these diamond and gold mines that are up on the tundra and they they build this road from lake to lake to lake to lake um, so they can so they get all their supplies trucked in uh, to these mines over top of the ice and the ice only gets thick enough uh, kind of by that early, late January early February kind of time frame and so they have two months to get all their supplies in and so there's a lot of big trucks hauling fuel and whatever else they bring to these mines. And so it's the road is open to the public, and not a lot of people know that. Um, but there's no fuel stops up there. There's there's nowhere to buy any parts. There's nowhere to buy any fuel, no food, no nothing. So you got to take everything with you. And um, I, I have these big, great, big, huge trucks. Uh, so Now I'm going to talk in Canadian terms because I'm a Canadian. So I've got about 800 litres of diesel in the back of my truck, which is however many gallons. And uh, take all the food, everything with us, cruise up these roads and we camp kind of wherever these caribou are. Um, because the caribou are so migratory that time of year and they're moving around all the time. And so it's kind of pointless to have a base camp anywhere and you're you really got to be mobile. And so I just park kind uh, of wherever there's caribou, and I'll unload the snowmobiles, and we'll go snowmobiling for the day. If we cut a fresh set of wolf tracks anywhere nearby these blocks, well, fresh set of wolf tracks anywhere, but usually they're close to where these caribou are, and uh, we'll get on that set of wolf tracks if they're fresh enough. And we'll we'll keep on them until either we run out of gas or catch up to the wolves.
0: Man, that sounds fun. It's got to be hard to track with that many caribou. When you, it is. Do you lose yeah. that track and have to circle? I mean, I guess that's art. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of it. It's, we lose them
3: all the time in all those caribou tracks. So we kind of skirt the fringe or the edge of these caribou herds and try and pick up a track there. That's kind of, the, the best is if the track is leaving the caribou herd, because you know, chances are he's full, he's eaten and he's leaving and he's probably not going to go far. And so that's the, that's the wolf track. That's the easiest to get. Um, I mean,
0: I'll run every single track that's yeah. fresh enough that don't matter which direction it's going. Um, but, but you're, <laughs> you're thinking that one's full. He's going to go bed down in the sun, digest his meal. And tell you, uh uh-huh. till the, till the guy who's killed more wolves than our dogs than Parvo shows up and he's in a living nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. the biggest a, pack you've uh, come up on? doing Uh,
3: the biggest pack I've come up on is nine up there. Oh, one man. of my one of my guides, uh, he came up on a pack of twenty three. So that's what? the biggest that he's ever seen. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Did they get everyone?
3: Uh, no, not everyone. They kind of quit shooting after a while. They figure they
0: should probably leave a few of them live. Wow, that's crazy. Um,
3: uh, <laughs> Are you guys yeah. shooting
0: ARs or what do you use?
3: Yeah, Canadian legal version of ARs. I mean, we're so restricted in what weapons
0: we can use. What is a Canadian legal be. AR? Oh, so
3: we can't have an AR, like a true AR platform, semi-automatic rifle. So it's got to be like, I don't know really what all the differences are. So it, I've got a rifle. It's a, uh, it's, it's a Kodiak defense rifle. It's a, it takes an AR mag, but it has to be, it can only have five rounds in it.
0: Um, that's not going to get I you very far. It's, it's, what's that? It's probably not going to get you very far. They probably don't just stand there when you ride up next to them. No, not really. Yeah. I, I
3: carry a lot of mags.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah,
3: it, that's basically all it is. But I'll tell you a cool story. This year we had a <laughs> had a couple guys come up from um, I think they were from South Dakota, when they flew up. And it's day one of their hunt. And these two guys who had this hunt booked long before COVID. So we waited years to come up and do this hunt. And, uh, <laughs> we get going and I'm, I'm, these guys are asking me hey, like, when are, when do we get into wolf country? And I said, well, we kind of are in wolf country. We're, we're just getting into the good area and we, we should start to be able to see some wolf tracks. And there was a little bit of a skiff of fresh snow on the edge of the ice road. And it was just perfect. And uh, so I was driving on the edge of the road. And one of the guys asked, hey, why are you driving on the edge of the road? And I said, well, just so that I, if any wolf crosses this road, I can see his tracks in this fresh snow that's right on the edge. And those words had barely come out of my mouth where a pack of five wolves had come across, the, come across the road. And I slam on the brakes. We skid to a stop. I jump out. And I check them. I said, fellas, Load up. These are fresh. We're going to go right now. And this is day one. We're, we're like
0: four hours on the
3: road until day one.
0: Like you can and see the uh, claws and the toe marks and stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. They, they were like melting fresh.
0: <laughs> like You're like shaking, warmly. shaking with excitement. Like, it's on, boys. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. I, I knew what was happening. And uh, so we unload. We get all dressed up. It was fairly cold out. We jump on the snowmobiles. And we hadn't gone two miles, and I drive up on an island on one of these lakes, pull up, and I hadn't even looked through my binoculars, and I see there's five wolves down there on the lake in front of me, maybe a mile away. I'm thinking, there is no way there's five wolves right here, and they were in such a good spot. And uh, I mean, we <laughs> we got on them, and I, I had a guy riding with me in the back of my snowmobile, and then Darcy we. Uh, my other guide was was with me on on a different snowmobile, and he had a guy in the back. And so, my kid shoot; it was unreal. And just bang, 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 bang. He had we had two dead wolves. He was tagged out, and uh, the wolves headed up into the rocks. And so we kind of had to chase him around for a while. And and the wolves got separated. When the wolves separate like that, then then they'll always try and pack back up, and they'll start howling at each other. Yep. And uh, and I figured I was in between. Where the two wolves had got separated, just kind of looking where their tracks had gone. So I, sh- sh- we shut the snowmobiles off, sat on this hill for like 15 minutes, and so no sounds or nothing. Like, come on, you guys, there's, there's got to be one here somewhere. And so I howled a couple of times, and sure enough, both of these wolves pipe up, one on either side of us. I'm like, yes, perfect, perfect, and uh and they end up howling and talking to each other, and they met up. And we watched them meet up on a lake, uh, again, probably about a mile away from us. And we waited until they were in the middle of this good sized lake. And uh, we jumped on the snowmobiles, bang, bang, kill those two. We were tagged out within five hours of leaving
0: town. It was awesome. Wow. So each guy <laughs> yeah. can shoot two, and then you're tagged we out. Can shoot two, uh, two in the Northwest Territories. Yeah, wow. That That's great. And there, are you guys driving? So you're not wrecking a bunch of machines, or the, is the hunter actually get their own snow machine? No, we're driving. I've I've tried it all sorts of different ways, but I have found that um, it
3: works the best because I don't pull a sled behind my snowmobile when I'm when I'm out doing yeah. this stuff. So I find it works best if I drive and have the guy sitting behind me uh, with a rifle. And and actually this year uh, I packed the rifle um, kind of over my chest. And so the, so a hunter can just hold on to the snowmobile because it's pretty rough. I mean, it's all windswept and hard yep. and like the snow is not soft, not at all. And so it's a lot rougher than everybody imagines. And so I found that works best where I can race up on him, slam the, slam on the brakes. When the guy's taking off his goggles and his gloves and getting ready to shoot, I just pass him the rifle when he's ready to shoot. And this wolf, I mean, first shot's at 30 yards, second one's at 40 third one to 50 and so on and so forth. till so he's about 100 yards. Then we put the goggles back on, gloves back on, throw
0: a new Megan, and uh, go catch up to him again. So it's, it's a bit of a rodeo, but it's a good time. Man. Jim, you're a bad influence. I'm thinking I'm going to need to do this now.
1: <laughs> Adam and I will both be doing this with you at some point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just make
2: sure... <laughs> Kyler, just make sure that they don't jump in front of my schedule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's got to be highly weather dependent. I mean, just as you know, Kyler, in the winter, flying on skis and stuff like that to read snow and see sign, you guys can't go when it's flat light. That's dangerous. Absolutely, riding, riding around, You're chasing. absolutely right, and and
3: just about guaranteed we're going to lose a day or two of every single week of hunting to uh, to bad weather. Like it's by far uh the biggest factor on these hunts is, is weather and and even i mean you guys know like even when it's flat light like it can be fairly calm out and actually look like pretty decent weather but
0: it's flat light nope you cannot go you might as well just yep. sit in the truck and wait you can't track it's dangerous i mean you could literally go off a cliff and not even know you know
3: yeah so yeah,
0: yeah. On on the ground or in an airplane like that, just yeah. What do you guys do in that case? Just play cards and tell tell wolf stories, I guess.
3: Yeah, pretty much nothing. Uh, not really much else the guy can do. I mean, we, we can still drive the roads in a truck. Yeah, and we do, and we do see, uh, we do see some wolves right off the road, and we legally can sh- can shoot them. We just gotta we have to get off the road. We can't shoot from the road, so we've got to get off the road. But um, we'll we'll put some miles on the truck, and we can visit and tell stories over driving around in the pickup truck so it's not completely useless in flat light but it's uh it definitely does hamper the, the hunting efforts i just we're want open. you to
0: call me and tell me i won. <laughs> that's all i want yeah exactly. but I, I like the the program because it, i like knowing your odds i'm a numbers guy i like to know and like the sheep hunt most working guys aren't going to be able to afford a sheep hunt ever you know ever yeah. in your life the sheep the doll sheep are in Alaska, you know, they're hurting pretty bad, and the prices are just going up and up and up. And um, we have a lot of people we sell fur to. And, Kyler, I know you sell fur, and I sell wolves all winter that we trap and stuff. And people are like, I just, I can't buy an, another animal that another man shot. And I tell them, like, look, dude, I'm the same way. So this is a great opportunity for one of those people that want to kill their own to go for 50 bucks a person. You know, split a hundred bucks to your buddy. Um, what is the rate for the baited wolf hunt? Just so everyone knows, Kyler.
3: Uh, for me, it's seventy five hundred dollars. And um, it, yeah, it just it just bumped up from from a couple years ago. And the Arctic wolf hunt is twelve five. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, there's just yeah. so much more that goes in. Just the logistics. You're not getting rich off any of this. I mean, talking about spray foam and all the blinds and trailers and custom stuff and machines. I mean, you guys probably have at least one or two extra machines just ready to go not just parts. Yeah. Like you can't be, yeah, you can't we, be a mechanic and you have to be riding. No, I bought a hundred thousand dollars worth of snowmobiles again last year. So. Oh yeah. So you're a rich yeah. outfitter, right? You guys are all <laughs> getting rich just buying a hundred, hundred grand in snow machines. So big deal. <laughs> yeah.
3: But I got to do it again next year.
0: Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. I know those <laughs> things get pounded on. Um, man, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I hope this, um, I hope the person that wins that is going to just have a blast with their buddy and stuff like that. um,
4: that's yeah, and I don't know if I said, we've got 100 entries sold to date of June 9th. So which blows me away. What's that?
0: Blows me away how this thing is not... Everyone wants to yeah. kill a wolf. I mean, you went to Alaska multiple times. It's very difficult to kill a wolf. And Kyler's reputation, I mean, it's really proven. So, I mean, that just that is killer odds right there you know and then you yeah
4: your how many people have, yeah how many people can say hey i've killed a wolf i mean people are elk hunting deer hunting but there's very few that can say hey i went wolf hunting and got one whether they were on a sheep hunt and they saw a wolf or a moose hunt they came across a wolf that's what most people get a wolf from but to say hey i've got a wolf there's It's very few. So that's why we're like, Hey, let's, let's do some good odds. And, uh, so we've got 200, basically 200 entries left till, uh, you're
3: 100% right there, Trevor. That just to say that, I mean, most people, when they've killed a wolf, exactly like you said, they saw one on an elk hunt on a sheep hunt or something and got a lucky opportunity. But to go out and successfully hunt a wolf consistently is really, really tough. So. Um, I think it's super cool that you guys do this and, uh, give everybody an opportunity at, at winning a wolf hunt on like really, really, really good odds. I mean, one in 300, I mean, if you're, if you're playing the 697 lottery, uh,
2: whatever, you don't get those odds. Yeah. And, right and, now it's and the other, the other good thing about this, you know, just, we've touched on a little bit. It's just. I mean, I hunted. I've I've gone on wolf hunts in Idaho, and in and other places in Alberta. You will not find a better opportunity to be successful in the most amazing country there is uh, than going with Kyler. And and that's I mean, I've it's just amazing the area and the number of wolves you'll hear and see and. And everything else. So, this is that coupled with the fact that, you know, you get, I'm always looking at odds. No matter what I put in for all the Western states, and I'm always looking at odds and trying to figure out bonus points and everything else. And, you know, and, and, and this is one of those rare instances where you will know your odds in advance. Uh, it's only the, it's the only circumstance I know. You I mean, you can always figure out your odds in other, in some of these other ones after the fact but yep. never in a raffle situation. And ni- these, you know, your odds in advance, you know, Hey, if I want to buy six tickets here, you're going to have a one in 50 chance. And, uh, that's, that's pretty good to know. I like the option too. Wyoming gives
0: you, you know, they give you the regular draw or the special. And the only difference is you spend more money on a special, but your draw odds go up. In this case, you can spend more. I'd love to spend more money and have a better chance of drawing an Arizona oak tag, but I can't. So I just go in with, Oh, percent you know even after all these points that i have and so in this case just get together with your buddy split the money like trevor was saying spend 500 bucks and your odds go up drastically for the draw um and yeah i think just based on what kyler said you know the north i'm just picturing it super super thick bush trees heavy dense brush a lot of food farmland dead cattle whitetails and then Like Kyler said, it doesn't come easy. 100,000 pounds of animal scraps is a lot of manual labor. You guys are probably in pretty good shape at the end of wolf season. Well, no, Vanessa's cooking, so we're having pretty fat. I forgot. Yeah, you get fat from Vanessa's cooking. Yeah. So (laughs) it sounds like a great time. Um, We'll link the uh, website to Elite Hunt Club and to Kyler's business. And, um, yeah, I hope people go. And it's going to be one lucky pair of guys going on a wolf hunt with Kyler.
3: Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to hosting those uh, the winners. and um, Talk to you guys, whoever's uh, whoever's putting in.
1: <laughs> Kyler, one last question. Do you have a, a new goal to set for this next winter? I mean, I
3: need- Well, after a winter of 82 wolves, I think the next logical step would be
0: 100, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I you did. Uh, did you run many <laughs> snares last year? It didn't seem like you had the time. No, I didn't have the time. I took a whole
3: bunch of hunters, and i I really didn't have the time so uh, I only snared i don't I don't think I even snared a dozen of them last winter, so it's like hardly any.
0: <laughs> Most guys get one or two in a season they're pumped so yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, if you had. If you had the, if, yeah, if you had the numbers up in the Arctic and stuff like that, and yeah, you stared some, I think you get to 100. Why is the Arctic, do you think with all the wolves, you took 44? I think you said out of there, will you see a decrease in the wolf numbers or will other wolves come in over oh, the next no. 12 months?
3: No, no. There's been there's been so many wolves killed up there over the years. Uh, there's, the wolves will always move in. I mean, the, until you're up in that country, you don't really realize how vast it is i guess you you guys know i mean you guys fly around you know how big that country is and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of caribou that are i mean there's not as many caribou as there used to be but there's still a lot of caribou for these wolves to feed on and uh there's always wolves moving in so yeah no problem at all like when we finished with my last night we tagged out the last two guys and we saw oh just lots of wolf tracks um on our ride back into yellow and we we ended up seeing a pure white wolf standing on a hill within a shooting range of the road and we were tagged out and i'll tell you that was it was yeah it was hard to drive away from from that one i mean he was probably the biggest wolf that i have saw all winter and he just stood there and he knew we were tagged out he just stood there looked at us
0: yeah they yeah. they are an impressive animal as much as we like to hunt them and trap them and stuff like that. They are truly special, just how smart they are, you know, in the pack mentality that's I think that's why I'm kind of driven to it so much, you know
4: yeah Dude, they're yeah, probably one her. of the hardest animals to hunt,
0: oh yeah, when you look at success rates, I mean just accidental harvest, but like Tana's brother Tom, he's got a really good success rate of calling them down in Idaho, and that's when you go out to target a wolf, like we're talking about that's so difficult rather than just, you know, Oh, I happen upon one, you know? And I, I think you're a lot more remote than we are kind like, well, there's no roads or anything like that near us, but there's multiple different villages and, you know, in the winter, um, people want to get out cause there's not a lot of access, you know? so we get some good snow and snow machines, guys, there's guys that really hit it hard and I think they'll do like four or five, 6,000 miles in the winter on a machine. And same with you, it's wind blown and hard, but they get a fresh snow, they'll go cut a cut a track and, uh, yeah, they'll hit it hard. we don't have that many caribou. Like our caribou herds are really small and dwindling. And uh there's still plenty of mm. wolves and the wolves are just mm. ham- the wolves just hammer the caribou and the moose too. They they eat a lot of meat, as you know.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. You guys did pretty good on the wolves this month <laughs> too, didn't you? Didn't you kill like almost thirty or something? Twenty five.
0: Yeah, it was twenty five.
3: Good for you guys. It was that's pretty awesome. good.
0: And I was still running traps and uh yeah, I had the airplane airplane issue where the motor was Pretty much ready to grenade. Um it had a crack inside the case when we pulled a cylinder and like right off the right off the crankshaft mm. you could you could see a pretty good crack uh inside the case. And then I, I took that motor off and I sent it to a buddy who's just a he's like the way you are with wolves, he's that way with airplane engines and he turned my motor in like a month. It was insane. And the no only- kidding we had to end a month early and it was just getting good. We had good snow, you know, I'm flying around finding moose kills, tracking wolves to kills. Um, that's the best thing. Cause like, you know, there's, there's no fear for them. They've killed this moose. It's half, halfway there. They're going to come back in a few days and eat it or return in a couple of weeks. And you hang a bunch of snares. It's like, it's game on. Um, and I had to quit early, which killed me. Um, you know, so I would have been to 83 if I just would have had an airplane motor. <laughs> i believe uh, you i believe you yeah so that that kind of was a bummer but uh yeah i got the airplane engine turned around i'm just lucky that the thing my buddy's like this thing was ready to grenade and uh i'm just glad it didn't right above the trees you know and yeah no uh, doubt excited for this winter and hopefully we have a bunch of snow and we can share some pictures i know we only had a chance to talk a whole lot in the winter it's just like how you doing I, i try and keep up with you and then
1: yeah it's uh you're like, how are things going, Kyler? like, oh, I got like, nine today. <laughs> he sends, like, a, a picture of nine wolves. You're like, oh, okay, cool, I got this one. <laughs> cool,
0: I got one. Check, look at me. Yeah. So. But you guys did
3: awesome, though. So you asked me what my goal was. What's your goal for next winter?
0: Oh, man. I think we got 25 wolves. and I don't even know how many wolverines. I I do crush you in the wolverines. I do feel good about that. That you do. Absolutely. Um, I think I got... Fourteen, fifteen 15 wolverine um we just have <laughs> we just have a lot you know it's just it's just like you and the wolves and stuff we have a lot of yeah. wolves but uh yeah it's hard trapping with an airplane man as you can imagine just i mean weather icing daylight um just the time yeah absolutely the i time. give you a lot of credit
3: like people people a lot of people will say oh man that's so easy he's got an airplane he can go <laughs> anywhere and trap anywhere no it is a pile of work and I I fly airplanes too, so I I get it. Like it's a, I had a guy tell me. Of work.
0: Had a guy tell me that on Instagram. They said, Oh trapping with the cub's pretty easy. I'm just like, I have never heard wolves and easy in the same sentence, like ever. <laughs> you know? Like I mean yeah, it's like saying a mountain goat or a doll sheep hunts easy, you know. It's like those usually don't go hand in hand together. Um, no. You know, it's still a ton of work, but yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get out and find the wolves that aren't pressured or aren't trapped or chased on snow machine and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like to hit thirty. You know, I'd like to be a third of the man you are. And then, <laughs> You know,
3: we'll see. Uh, I'm just lucky. That's all I am. You're
0: yeah, humble. <laughs> a lot of yeah, you're pretty humble. A lot of it comes in. I mean, you look at the time, and the dedication, and hundred thousand pounds of bait and hundred thousand in snow machines and. I don't know what Vanessa spends in food every year when you guys are planning the budget and the meals and stuff like that and the lodge and all these blinds. But yeah, you're definitely not getting rich, but man, you sure have the reputation. So
3: if I would, we have a good time. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have a good time.
0: Yeah. I've never heard a bad thing about the business. So, okay. Well, I'll let you guys go. Um, we'll tag everything in the links to Elite Hunt Club. We are June 9th and we're running through June 30th. So 21 more days, right, Trevor?
4: yes sir appreciate it
0: yeah thank you guys for coming on and uh, i'm excited for who the lucky winner is and then as soon as this is done just like the sheep uh we're probably going to get a live instagram feed like you guys had before you're going to stick with that format
4: yeah yeah for sure we'll take it takes a little bit to get everything ready to to draw that make sure everything's done as we're supposed to and then uh yeah, we'll do a live drawing, share it, and then uh, we'll be on to the next one. So, yeah, let us know what you, uh, what everyone wants to see. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well,
0: thanks Thank for coming on, time. and uh, we'll get this posted soon. And stay in touch. You bet. Great talking with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thank guys. You. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review, and also reach out to us with any questions. Until next time
1: you <laughs>